Good morning. Welcome again to Morning Devotions. I'm Pastor Sumrall, the pastor of the Cathedral of Praise, and thank you so much for this time together. In the middle of all of this unmitigated chaos, we find our refuge in God. We find our protection. We find our peace. We find our hope in God. This is why these morning devotions and evening services are, are so important to us, because this is where we find our hope. This is where we find our protection. This is where we find our solitude. This is where we find peace in the midst of the storm. Now, I don't have announcements to make to you yet. Probably by tonight, I'll be able to share some announcements with you for the services this weekend and what we're going to be able to do. But we do know that we'll have Fortress 91. So we encourage you to come by any of our campuses. Pampanga is still in full services, but for Bulacan, North, East, South, and Maine, we'll have some more announcements for you on how we'll be doing some other things this weekend. We know we'll be online. We know we'll have uh, Fortress 91. We're still working through uh, where we will be able to have drive-in services. We've got permits at several, but we're still working on permits for one. So we'll get back it, back to you. But please remember, even if we have drive-in services, nobody can get out of their cars this weekend. This, these will be one hour Drive in, drive out, nobody out of their cars, even for the CR. Okay, so please remember that so I don't want to create unrealistic expectations. Let's turn our attention to the Word now. We always start with Psalms. Psalms chapter 38, beginning with verse 9. Can I read it to you from the New Living Translation today? You know what I long for, Lord. <laughs> he knows. He knows the longing of our hearts. You hear my sigh, you hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly, my strength fails, and I'm going blind. My loved ones and my friends stay away, fearing my disease. Wow. Even my own family stands at a distance. So you need to understand fear is powerful. My loved ones and my friends stay away, fearing my disease. Hard to keep loved ones and friends away. Even my own family stands at a distance. Social distancing. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps for me. <laughs> enemies attack when they perceive weakness. Now that's a truth you need to get a hold of. Enemies don't attack you when they think you're strong. They attack you when they think you're weak. So meanwhile, while I'm sick, while I'm in all this difficulty, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me. All day long they plan their treachery. Now notice, lay traps, plans, plans. When you're weak, people don't sit around and pray for you. These enemies, they don't sit around and pray for you. When they perceive weakness, they immediately begin to strategize, how can we destroy them? Now, now beloved, I know you and I don't think like that. But as my daughter reminds me sometimes, Dad, people don't think like you think. People don't think like you think. You think, pray for somebody when they're hurting. You, you think, pray for them when they're down. No, your, your enemies, they just sit around and talk about how to destroy you. This, your weakness is when they launch into overdrive. But now listen to David's response. He said, I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing, I make no reply. Now notice, I am deaf to all their threats. How? Because I choose to hear nothing. I'm silent before them as one who cannot speak. Why? Because I choose to make no reply. <laughs> How to face enemies. This is a nice list, and you can find a lot of this in the book of Psalms and Proverbs. How to face enemies. Don't pay attention to them, and don't reply to them. Now, please, straight up talk for just a minute, and don't get mad at me. 
But you know what? When somebody starts yelling at you on Facebook and they start telling all kinds of lies and slander about you on Facebook, don't respond. Choose not to hear. Choose to make no reply. Oh, but Pastor, that's not good marketing. You know, we were always taught you have to you have to respond. You know, I understand all the wisdom of the world on this stuff. But this is the wisdom of the Bible. This is God's wisdom. You're not going to get anywhere having Twitter wars and Facebook wars with people. How is that going to accomplish anything? Choose to hear nothing. It's amazing how, how much more peace you'll have in your heart if you just choose not to, to read that stuff and pay attention to it. Choose not to make a reply. Imagine how much more peace you'll have and how much time you'll have for being productive and getting out of trouble if you're not responding to all of these plans and traps people have for you. For I am waiting to you. Now, here's, here's the kicker here. For I am waiting for you. I choose to hear nothing. I make no reply for or because I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer me. Oh, I like that. I pray, don't let my enemies gloat over me or rejoice at my downfall. He said, God, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to answer my prayer. There you go. That's how we deal with enemies who attack us in our times of weakness. Father, we come to you right now in Jesus' name. There are businessmen, Lord, the competitors are sitting around plotting their ruin. There are career professionals, Lord, that people are sitting around plotting their ruin. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, we come to you, answer us. We come to you, answer, Father. Don't let these enemies gloat over them, Lord. Don't, don't let anyone rejoice at their downfall. Lift them up, Father. Instead of a, of a, of a retrenchment, let there be a promotion. Instead of a downfall, let there be new business opportunities with fresh new flows of, of income coming in. Father, I lift you all of our people. These days of fear, even families are separated. Father, these are days of fear. Darkness reigns and fear triumphs. But Lord, we believe that Jesus is Lord. We will not bow to fear. We will give no place to fear within our hearts. You have not given us a spirit of fear. Give us prudence, Father. Give us wisdom, Father. But let fear be far from our hearts. We have your great and we have your precious promises. That you've given your angels charge concerning us to guard us in all of our ways. That you've redeemed us from the plague that sticks. That you've redeemed us from all of these pestilences. I thank you for it, Father. Let your hand of peace rest upon your people. Let them find peace in the storm, Lord. Oh, let them find peace in the storm, Lord. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Now we sang the song. I want us to sing it again today. Peace in the storm.
Our Old Testament passage today picks up in Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. He again teaches them why they do not worship idols. He said, therefore, watch yourselves very carefully. We change the color there. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully. Since you saw no form on that day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Beware lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. And beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the host of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. Notice, things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. God gave the sun, the moon, and the stars to, to all people. He said, but the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, wow, out of Egypt, to be a people of his own inheritance. Now notice, Egypt is considered an iron furnace. He said, you know, you came out of a really hard place. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me because of you. And he swore that I would not cross the Jordan and that I would not enter the good land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. For I must die in this land. I must not go over the Jordan. But you shall go over and take possession of that good land. Take care, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Now, brothers and sisters, you need to get a hold of this. This is part of your list. God is. This is the list of God is. So, you know, God is love. Well, God is a consuming fire. God is a jealous God. You know, you, you can't just put one attribute on God or one name on God. God is love. He's also a jealous God, okay? When, you're, when you father children and children's children and have grown old in the land, if you act corruptly, now how does he make call acting corruptly? Idolatry. Making a carved image in the form of anything and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God so as to provoke him to anger. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. You will not live long in it, but will be utterly destroyed. So God says, the promises are valid. Duration in the promises are conditional. Ah, you need to get a hold of that. And Christians, Christians forgive this con forget this concept that your duration in the promise is conditional upon your lifestyle. Oh. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods of wood and stone, the work of human hands that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. <laughs> There's the promise. If you search after him with all your heart, with all your soul, when you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. There's the promise. You know, people always wonder, how can God make these promises? Well, part of this is his foreknowledge. He knows that Israel will return to him. For the Lord your God is a merciful God, all right? So he's a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant that your fathers to, with your fathers that he swore to them. So notice he will not leave you, number one. Number two, he will not destroy you. 
And number three, he will not forget the covenant because he is a merciful God. This is the, these are the actions of mercy. Or we can call it the promises of mercy. For ask now in the days that are past, which were before you, since the day that the Lord God created man on earth, and ask from one end of heaven to the other, whether such a great thing as this has ever happened or was ever heard of. Did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of fire as you have heard and still live? Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by mighty hand, by outstretched arm, by deeds of great terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Now notice, this is how God builds a nation. Let's call it builds a people. They're built together by trials, by signs, by wonders. This, this is a beautiful truth. By wonders, by war, by mighty hand, outstretched arm, and by great deeds of terror. You wonder how God builds a people together? This is how he does it. And some of you need to realize this is how God takes the people and joins them together. To you it was shown that he, you might know that the Lord, your, the Lord is God and there is no one besides him. Out of heaven he let you hear his voice that he might discipline you. And on earth he let you see his great fire. And you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers and chose their offspring after them and brought you out of Egypt with his own presence by his great power, driving out before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in, to give you their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Now, here's the truth. He brings us out to bring us in. He brings us out of sin to bring us into righteousness. There's, wherever there's an out, there's always an in with God. But I, I just love this truth. Gr nations greater and mightier. You know, one of the truths that you need to get a hold of, brothers and sisters, is that God will do for you what you cannot do. He will never ask you to join him in doing something that you are capable of doing in your own power. Because he wants you to rely on him. He wants you to, to lean on him. And some of you, you've started businesses, you've done things, and you look at this and you go, this is too big for me, this is too strong for me, I, I cannot overcome this. You know what, you're right. Because he wants you to lean on him. He doesn't want you to lean on yourself. He doesn't want you to lean on the arm of flesh. He wants you to lean on him. I could preach about that all day. Know therefore today, and lay it to your heart, that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. Therefore you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God has given you for all time. So the promise is eternal. Duration in promise is conditional. Ah, there's that same truth we saw earlier. But also notice the purpose of the law. That it may go well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land. God gives you his words. This is why Moses taught, this is why the psalmist prays. Lord, teach me your ways that we may walk in them. And some of you just need to begin to pray. Lord, teach me your ways that I can walk in them. God's promises to you are eternal. He always means what he says, and he will always mean what he says forever. But he says now, your ability to stay in that promise is going to be conditioned on your lifestyle. Then Moses set apart three cities in the east beyond the Jordan 
that the manslayer might flee there. Anyone who kills his neighbor unintentionally without being at enmity with him in time past, he may flee to one of these cities and save his life. Bezer in the wilderness and on the tableland for the Reubenites, Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites, Golan in Bashan for the Massonites. This is the law that Moses set before the people of Israel. These are the testimonies, the statutes, and the rules which Moses spoke to the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Beyond the Jordan in the valley, opposite Beth Peor, in the land of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon, whom Moses and the people of Israel defeated when they came out of Egypt. They took possession of his land and the land of Og, the king of Bashan, the two kings of the Amorites who lived to the east beyond the Jordan, from Arer, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, as far as Mount Sirion, which is, that is, Hermon, together with all the Arabah on the east side of the Jordan, as far as the Sea of the Arabah, under the slopes of Pisgah. Chapter 5, verse 1. Then Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and rules I speak in your hearing today, and you shall learn them and be careful to do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our fathers did the Lord make this covenant, but with us who are all of us here alive today. He said, so you can't just say this is with the previous generation. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain out of the midst of the fire. While I stood before the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire, and you did not go up to the mountain. He said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that is on earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. <laughs> Notice, people who hate God, they bring a problem to their posterity. People who love God bring a blessing to their posterity. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. The Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother as the Lord commanded you, that your days may be long. All right, so long life. And that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. All right, so honor your father and mother. And there are two promises. That it may go well with you. Another translation says that you may prosper and live long. So do you remember the old Star Trek thing? Li yeah. Live long and prosper. Well, you're going to live long and prosper if you honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is in your neighbor's. These words the Lord spoke to all your assembly at the mountain out of the midst of the fire, the cloud and the thick darkness, with a loud voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. As soon as you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was burning in fire, you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Behold, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. This day we have seen God speak with man, and man still alive. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have 
and has still lived. Go near and hear all that the Lord our God will say and speak to us all that the Lord our God will speak to you and we will hear and do it. I call this a sad day. God would have been very happy to speak to all of them, but they didn't want it. This was a sad day. They redefined their relationship with God. They said, Moses, we want you to go between us and God. And brothers and sisters, I, I see Christians still doing that today. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. You and I both, we have a personal relationship with God. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to speak to you. You don't need to go to somebody else and say, what is God saying to me? You don't ever need to do that. God will speak to you. And the Lord heard your words when you spoke to me. The Lord heard your words. And the Lord said to me, I've heard the words of this people which have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me and keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them. Here's the purpose of obedience. And with their descendants forever. Go and say to them, return to their tents. But you stand here by me. Wow. You stand here by me. Moses, stand here with me. And I will tell you the whole commandment and the statutes and the rules that you shall teach them, that they may do them in the land that I am giving them to possess. You shall be careful to do, therefore to do, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live. There's one purpose. That it may go well with you. Second purpose. And that you may live long in the land. There's that duration. Okay. Duration, prosperity, and life. This is what happens when you obey the word of God. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some time in worship, and then we'll get into our New Testament passage. This is my story. This is my song. I have a hope that's stronger than the dust I'm standing on. This is my anchor, my cornerstone. This is the anthem I'll be singing till the kingdom come. I am committed. Pledge my allegiance to Jesus my King. I am the leader. You're nothing to hide. I'm not giving up, not selling out. I'm in this for life. I am the Christ that he paid forever freed by the power of his unshakable grace for all of his children his daughters and sons this is the anthem we'll keep singing from the top of our lungs I am committed Selling out, I'm in this for life. I am committed to the one who gave it all, to the one who fights for us, to the one who took my suffering in the name of love. This is our message. 
New Testament passage today picks up in Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 36. One of the Pharisees, now, okay, remember who a Pharisee is. These are the strict fundamentalists, okay? They believe in angels. They believe in life after death. Okay, these are strict fundamentalists. Ask him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner... When she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet. Now, I'm going to tell you some of the questions that I ask myself. And I don't necessarily have the answers. But when I read my Bible, I I ask myself questions. Because to me, questions is how you begin to learn. Now, this Pharisee, this very, very righteous man in everybody's eyes, how did a woman of the city who is a sinner get into his house? Okay, so you ask yourself, here's a question. How did she gain access? Or was she a person who came into that house on a regular basis? And so she was welcomed. Oh, we don't know the answer. But it's one of those little puzzles. A woman of the city, not from the synagogue, of the city, who was a sinner. When she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him, now remember, they didn't sit in chairs like I'm sitting in. They, they would recline on their left elbow and kind of lay out like this with some pillows under their, under their armpit. And then they would reach with their hands like this to get their food. All right. So he's reclining at the table. The tables were low, just maybe 12 inches off the ground. And she comes up at his feet. And she's weeping. And she began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with the hair of her head. Now, please understand, this was very dirty. Jesus had been walking in the dirt and the mud. And forgive me, all the excrement that it would have been from the camels and the donkeys and the, the sheep and everything walking around. I mean, Jesus' feet would have been nasty. The washing of the feet was the job of a lowest slave. And whenever someone entered your house, you honor them by having their feet washed. Okay? She comes in and begins to wipe his feet with her hair and her tears. And kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is, who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Okay. And again, I ask the question, you know all about this woman and she has access to your house. So why does she have such open access to your home and can even walk up to your table and no one stops her? So this is not a stranger. Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. 
Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, Ah, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, he said, I know this woman, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Wow. He looked at this woman and said, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine what must have exploded in this woman's heart? <laughs> then those who were at the table began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? <laughs> and he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That woman believed in Jesus. Now, she didn't pray the sinner's prayer. She didn't. She showed her faith by her actions. She showed her devotion to Jesus by her actions. She showed her faith. She showed her love. She came to him. She washed his feet with her tears and her hair. She anointed his feet with oil. Wow. You look at that, and I just wonder how many people are out there in the world today. Maybe they never prayed the sinner's prayer. But like this woman, they have believed in Jesus. And Jesus has seen their heart. And Jesus looks at them and says, your sins are forgiven. Your faith is saved. You go in peace. I think there's a lot of people out there that have just made decisions to believe in Jesus and have done things to serve him. And sometimes as Christians, we need to reach out to them and bring them into the house of God. Think about it. All right. Some thought-provoking questions from that passage today. Proverbs chapter 15, begin with verse 26. Let me read it to you from the New Living, all right? The Lord detests evil plans. Do you remember all those plans we read about earlier in Psalms? All these people making plans, plans, plans against you to hurt you in your weakness? God's attitude toward evil plans. When people sit around and make evil plans, the Lord detests them. English Standard Version says they're an abomination to the Lord. <laughs> but he delights in pure words. English Standard Version says, but gracious, but gracious words are pure. He delights in pure words. I like that. Are your words pure? Have you sat down and thought about that? Greed brings grief to the whole family. But those who hate bribes will live. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household. But notice, household. Greedy people don't just hurt themselves. And they don't just hurt their immediate family. Greed brings destruction into an entire household. You know, sometimes, and please, hear my heart and don't get mad at me, but sometimes parents, you bring your children back into your home and you realize they're living in a way you didn't raise them to live like. 
and you brought them back into your home and you begin to see greed, you need to understand that child's greed will bring grief to the whole household, and that includes you. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Wow. My father used to say it this way, David, engage brain before engaging mouth. I can still remember my father sitting at the table telling me that. David, engage brain before opening mouth. <laughs> the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. You know, wicked people just, it just bubbles out of them. I mean, just it just bubbles out of them. But a godly person thinks before they speak. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. <laughs> oh, beloved, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He hears the prayers of the righteous. All right, we're going to stop there today. We'll see you tonight. Again, we have no full announcements except... We do have Fortress 91. Uh, you can come with your family. We'll have a short 10, 15-minute service. We'll have pastors in, both in all of the campuses. In fact, we'll have two different locations at main campus for you so we can take care of more people on opposite sides of the complex, of course, the River Room and the um, Taft Avenue Lobby mezzanine, the second level of the Taft Avenue Lobby. Uh, people coming in off General Luna can go to the River Room. People coming in off Taft Avenue can go into the lobby and then go up to the mezzanine. And we'll have some announcements about weekend services. We know we'll have online. I mean, I can preach sitting here in front of the camera. But we just want to make sure that we keep bringing you the Word of God. Amen? But we'll, we should have some more announcements for you tonight. We'll see you then. 7 o'clock sharp.